looking at our scripture this morning, um, what we have here is a story of two sets of blind people, uh, two sets of people who um, are having problems seeing things correctly. And so as we look at this scripture this morning, uh, would you pray with me? Jesus, may the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts be pleasing to you. I pray that you would be uh, at work in each of our lives and that you would be speaking to us this morning. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Stop me if this starts to sound familiar this week. Um, a really hard situation affects all of your life, and you and others want to know why and whose fault and how long. That's the situation that's kind of facing the blind man at the beginning of this story. It was common uh, in first century uh, Jewish world, their understanding that disabilities or tragedies that happen in someone's life were the result of someone's willful disobedience of God. Uh, despite the fact that we have the story of Job and lots of other stories in the Hebrew Bible, um, people believed that someone was at fault when something bad happened. And so this man is, is blind from birth. We learn that in the story. And if he's blind from birth, the disciples may assume that the parents have committed some kind of sin or, or done something wrong that the son is now being punished for. Actually, by the time of Jesus, there was some Jewish tradition that had developed that had said, well, maybe it's possible that somehow this man has actually sinned before his birth. It's a really tragic way of understanding uh, disabilities, of understanding what's happened in someone's life. Uh, but the disciples come, and they see this man, and they ask, who has sinned, his parents or him? The disciples are, are asking Jesus, who has messed up here? Whose fault is this? I want you to notice in verse 3, uh, Jesus' response. He says, neither this man nor his parents have sinned. One commentator points out that in John, in the, in the Gospel of John, sin is not a moral category about behavior, but it's a theological category about one's response to the revelation of God in Jesus. In verse 4, we read, This happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, Jesus says, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. In other words, Jesus is saying, look, the point isn't to try and figure out who's to blame here, who messed up, caused this blindness. He's blind. It's happened. And now is an opportunity for God's work for the good news, for the kingdom to be revealed and lived out. 
And so Jesus spits in the dirt and he, he kind of gets that clump and he, he kneads it together in his hand. And actually, this is part of the action that's going to get him in trouble later with the Pharisees because he's, he's healing, but he's also kneading. And that was one of the uh, things that was not allowed on the Sabbath. And so the Pharisees later will get pretty angry with him. You know, it's kind of messed up that a guy who has been blind from birth and is healed, is given his sight back, and all the Pharisees want to do is condemn Jesus for making some mud. They, they don't rejoice in the fact that this guy is healed. They don't see that. They're just angry about the law being broken, their, their law being broken. Again, it's a story of two kinds of blindness in this story. So Jesus sends the man with mud on his eyes, sends him to go and to wash in the pool of Siloam. I, I just can't imagine, you know, this man has been blind from birth. He's, he's a beggar. He's had his, his dignity just kind of stripped away. And, and to add to that, now Jesus has rubbed spit and mud on, on his eyes and sent him away to wash in the pool. In this story, Jesus is healing from a distance. And as the man goes and he washes his face, he receives his sight back. Friends and, and family and, and strangers who have seen him begging, who have interacted with him for years, are confused and trying to figure out, is it, who is this guy? Is this the same guy that's been blind and, and begging for his entire life? What has happened here? He ends up in front of the Pharisees who question him. And, and the man says, yes, I, I'm the guy, I, I'm the one. I, I, I've been blind, I've been begging, and Jesus has come and he has healed me. Actually, the, the Pharisees end up demanding that the parents come in and, and they ask, is this your son who has been born blind, and, and they're trying to figure out, they're trying to question the parents. Of course, the man's parents are afraid of getting kicked out of the synagogue. They're afraid of uh, being ostracized themselves. And so their response is, look, he's of age. He can account for himself. He can tell you the truth. We don't know. Ask him what's happened. And again, this man is dragged back in front of the Pharisees. And the Pharisees demand to be told the truth. Tell us he's a sinner. They're, they're supplying their own truth and they want the man to repeat back what they want to hear. The man responds, look, I don't know if he's a sinner, but here's what I do know. Here's what I have experienced. I was blind and now I see. The Pharisees, you know, they can figure out all the theological details of how exactly this has worked. But the blind man says, here's my experience. I've met Jesus. I was blind. I know that I've experienced that. I've lived that. And now I see. You figure out what's happened here. I love his response back to the Pharisees in, in verse 27. He says, I have told you already, and you didn't listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? 
I, I love that kind of putting it back on the Pharisees. Look, I, I've received my sight. I'm starting to, to see who this Jesus guy is all about. Do you want to follow him too? I love it. Of course, the Pharisees don't love it so much. In fact, they insult the man. They, they throw him out. Um, they, they push him out. Story of two kinds of blindness. One man who has been physically blind. But just as he has physically received his sight back, he's starting to realize who Jesus really is. He's starting to catch a glimpse of what Jesus is about. He's starting to see the kingdom. Of course, others in the story are suffering from a, a spiritual blindness. They see what's happened. They have their physical sight and yet, they're not entirely seeing the truth of who Jesus is. But for a moment, I want us to just come back to the beginning of this story. The man is blind. He's, he's a beggar. He's had his, his dignity kind of just stripped away as he's sat and, and begged for, for money for his, his entire life. And the disciples want to know who's at fault. They see a set of, of devastating circumstances. And they want to know who to blame. But what Jesus sees is an opportunity for the work of God to be done. For, for a glimpse of the kingdom to be revealed. Not just to the man who is blind but also the, the disciples, even the Pharisees themselves. You know, I think uh, as I was studying this passage this week and, and looking it over, I think that blind man is a little bit like our world right now. And, and I'm not just talking in a general sense. You know, we, we've used this, this image in the church at times of people walking around in spiritual blindness, and that's true. But right now I'm talking about the, the situation that we find ourselves in, the set of circumstances that some see as potentially devastating. And look, I understand that there's a lot of anxiousness, anxiety, people nervous about what's happening in our world. Um, my wife, Katie, went to the grocery store uh, Friday, and she said it was just kind of surreal seeing uh, a lot of the shelves just kind of uh, barren, nothing, nothing there um, on, on some of the shelves in some places, and other stores are stocked, and, and, and we're making it through. So it's understandable that some people are nervous. This is a, a whole new kind of thing that's happening. And, uh, you know, I was talking with uh, Pastor Bob Kettering on the phone this week, and, and somehow Bob and I have both missed the uh, pandemic response pastoral care class. They just don't teach that. It's understandable that we ask questions about why. 
Maybe even whose fault? Maybe we ask questions about how long? But maybe this is an opportunity to see things like Jesus as another opportunity for the work of God to be done as an opportunity for the body of Christ to reveal a little bit more of the kingdom. In verse 5 of this passage, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. It sounds a lot like uh, what Matthew writes in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. But Jesus there actually says, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine that others may see your good deeds and glorify the Father in heaven. And so look, regarding this, this pandemic, this, this virus, the, the coronavirus, we don't have all the answers. We don't know uh, everything about this situation and, and what it holds in store for all of us. But Jesus says, we must do the works of him who sent me. So church, church, we have to cling to Jesus during this time. And I think if we allow Jesus to open our eyes, we can begin or continue to bear witness to the good news. And that's what the, that's what the blind man does. When he gets his eyes opened, he's standing before friends and family. He's standing before the Pharisees saying, here's my experience. Here's what's happened to me. I was blind. He was blind in, in a number of ways. But now I see. Now things are different. And he starts to follow Jesus. He comes to Jesus at the end of the story, Jesus meets with him and, and sees everything that he's gone through. It's a story of two groups of people who are blind. The physically blind man who opens his eyes, who bears witness, who suffers for the sake of Christ and becomes a, a Jesus follower. And there's the, the Pharisees who claim to see. And Jesus actually says to them, man, if you claim that you're seeing and you're still walking away, that's not a great space to be in. You know, Jesus says something at the end of this passage. He says, uh, for judgment I have come into this world so that the blind will see and those who see will become blind. Jesus comes for judgment and, and sometimes that doesn't strike our ears well. Jesus says it, I've come for judgment. And I think that judgment means the discerning of hearts. It's, it's different, I think, than, than condemnation. If you... Remember earlier in, in John chapter 3, we talked about this a few weeks ago at Spring Creek. 
In John 3, 17, Jesus says he didn't come to condemn the world, but to save it. But exposure to Jesus, exposure to the Son, reveals the true nature of our hearts and of the kind of blindness that we're, that we're dealing with. man uh, in the church in, in the fourth century named Origen said that, you know, when things are exposed to the sun, the, the heat of the sun melts wax and it hardens mud. So is Jesus causing the blindness of the Pharisees? Or is he just exposing things to the light and revealing things as they really are? I pray that during this time, we can be more and more exposed to the light of the Son, of Jesus. We can open our eyes to follow Jesus and we can be a witness. We can continue to proclaim Jesus. We can, t- can continue to uh, shine his light in this world. We can continue to be a blessing to folks, to, to neighbors, to people who are shut in, to people who are um, losing resources during this time where we're unsure of things. I pray that as a church, we can continue to open our eyes and to speak good news, speak life into these situations. May it be so.